Welcome to the Big Geek Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Avis, and sitting with me at the desk to my left is my co-host, the Prince of Pixels, Nick Wright. And today we're going to be doing a tribute to the Sega Dreamcast. episode nick we were doing the console wars um and our, towards the end of that episode we we mentioned microsoft and the xbox and martin was um he couldn't believe that it had been 17 years since the xbox first entered was first introduced i can't either it's yeah it doesn't feel like that long but can you believe it's been 20 years since the Se- since sega has released a piece of hardware um, I get 20 in Japan. I in guess. Japan, yeah. The, just recently the was the 20th anniversary of the Sega Dreamcast release in Japan. Yeah, because it's not we're not quite there. I don't think yet here in the states. No, actually, well, you remember how it used to be? It was a stagger kind of yeah, release yeah. schedule, and in the U.S., it was released on September 9th, 1999. So we're a bit away, ways from that. And you know, we maybe we're jumping the gun just a little bit, but I, I did see that in a new one of my news feeds, and I thought, wow, twenty years. I mean, cool, yeah. We were we were seeing it in magazines. We knew about the Dreamcast. Uh, uh, man, where has twenty years gone? <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. It's it's just a snap. Yeah. But in the gaming in the gaming world, that's a long time. And you know, Sega's still around. They, they uh, discontinued the Dreamcast after just. 18 months in the U.S. So technically, there could be like adults now that this is like their first console. <laughs> this is their retro first console. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. That's Did you see them? I sent you that message earlier where, uh, uh, you know, I was reading somebody's profile on Twitter and they had mentioned that uh, like, their favorite what's your favorite retro console. <laughs> and somebody said PlayStation Three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was trying to get a converse, like a conversation going. And he's like, what's everybody's favorite retro machine? Mine's PlayStation 3. Like, what? That's just like <laughs> last gen. I know. It can't be retro if it's the last gen, right? That doesn't seem right. And I was like, he's got to be like 10 years old. I think to attain the name retro, you need to be at least 20. 15. Let's say 15. Yeah. 20's better. I don't know if it's ever been, if anyone's actually gone to the trouble of, um, defining what retro is like what the statute of limitations for retro is but yeah 15 years seems about right but like what like five or something but even it feels weird calling dreamcast retro even you know like (sighs) only it's it's been so long since sega's had a console actually i guess when did playstation 3 even come out uh 2000 i want to say Oh, I guess it's been gone now for about five it's years. It's been gone a while. <sighs> I want to say like 2003 or 2004. Really? That that early? Yeah. Like, when did the Wii come out? When I, did... don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, they came out like the same year. So, you know, that, that same uh, yeah, I, I Christmas that. season. I remember you camping. Yeah, well, uh, since we brought it up, I remember camping out with a buddy of mine at Toys R Us, 
and we were we were camping out because the PlayStation 2 was so sought after. People were reselling it on eBay for like twice what they Two, paid for it. 2006. Six. Okay, I was way off. But yeah, we, we camped out and uh, everybody there there we knew there were going to be three PlayStation 3s. And remember they were like 600 bucks. Like you had to kind of be rich to get one anyway, it felt like. Yeah. Uh, but we we camped out. We were we were two and three in line. They knew there were three PlayStation threes. And uh, in the morning, when the employees first started walking out to hand out tickets to the people that were there, mm-hmm. they said, "Well, we got you know we got three PlayStation threes." We were like, "We knew it. We had it." And we got uh, ten Wii's and like twenty Tickle Me Elmos and you know whatever. whatever. <laughs> Tickle Me Elmo. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't the first one. It was one of the later oh, ones. Oh, and they like re-released it. I guess. <laughs> But we both were just like, should we get a Wii? No, it was an afterthought. Gonna, we both were like, should I get a Tickle Me Elmo? <laughs> well, no. <laughs> no. No, but the Wii for sure. And we, we, both, we both grabbed one. And it's crazy because it turns out that was like the most sought after game system for months. Yeah. You couldn't even get a Wii forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was hard to find. And we just uh, kind of like, took I one. Finally, <laughs> I finally found one. I mean, it was a good like two months before I just happened to come across one by luck. Yeah, sheer, sheer. I luck. remember you like let, telling me like I, I feel like the story went something like uh, you just noticed one like on, on the counter or something like that. Uh, yeah, it was like I was at Toys R Us just kind of browsing, and it like yeah, it was like it was it was in the cabinet, you know, like locked in the cabinet, and yeah. so I asked him. I was just like, <laughs> is that like saved for anybody or anything? Yeah. Oh no. I'd like to get it, please. I, well, I'll have one of those then. <laughs> um, but yeah, this but this isn't a Wii. This is about the Dreamcast, and you know it was the last Dream uh, console for Sega. But it's too bad because it was a it, unlike the Saturn, where it was just like a complete unmitigated failure for the most part. It it had some success in Japan, and it was popular amongst uh, you know niche fans of like particularly fighting games. Yeah, but. You know, PlayStation ate its lunch. Nintendo 64 ate its lunch, even though it didn't. Now, wasn't as was, successful um, as PlayStation. I don't remember time frames anymore. Very good. Yeah. Was this uh, before or after Nintendo 64? After. This was after. This is after so Nintendo 64. So 64 had the four ports on it first. It did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned the the Dreamcast four port because that was such a cool thing that I'm. Nintendo 64 was such a fun console because of that, and it, it felt like Sega, kind of like how Nintendo with the Switch really did their homework. They were determined to make good decisions. Um, they were always known for kind of extending themselves, with especially with the Genesis era, where the add-ons and the risks, taking risks and not really paying out. It had a built-in dial-up modem. Yeah, it had a built-in dial-up modem. And you could take it out and swap it out for broadband. That's right. Yeah, I, I never did. I never did either. It actually didn't play too bad with a dial-up modem. I, I remember playing a one of the football games or the basketball game. I can't remember. I don't believe I ever played a game. Like I got on like that web browser like once or twice. Yeah. And I, you know, I had the keyboard because I got that. Uh, well, I think I got. It. I know I got the keyboard. Did you take advantage of that Sega Net deal? No. Because I totally forgot this. One one of the things I do remember about the Sega Dreamcast was them like releasing it at this ridiculously low price point. It was like one hundred and forty nine dollars, and they did that I think in, 
two two things. They did it because they were afraid of PlayStation Two and then all the hype that was coming with Sony. And um, they also built it cheaper, much much cheaper than they did for the Saturn. Mm. The Saturn was a really expensive piece of hardware. They 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 built the Dreamcast much cheaper. They were a lot more frugal with how they built it. And part of that was, you know, outsourcing companies to you know it wasn't like in house as much. They they went out to like Nvidia, tried to get them to develop a chip, but that didn't yeah. work out. Lockheed yeah. Martin, I think, was one of the original companies that they had partnered with, and that didn't work out. Yeah. Then they kind of went like two. They they went with uh, they were secretly the other companies not really knowing they were doing this, but then they they were like the two. Like I think one was called like white belt and one was called black belt, and there was one that was headed up by Japan and that was Visual Concepts and it was um, they were headed up by the guy who developed the Sega Genesis. Oh yeah, can't remember his name, but and uh, the, their chip was less expensive. And then there was in the states they had another project and that, that was 3D FX, mm-hmm. and uh, they were in conjunction with Microsoft. Microsoft was going to use their operating system. Um, and, and the, the idea was they would use Microsoft op, Microsoft's operating system and 3DFX, they would, they would talk to each other really well. I remember it had like a, uh, like Windows CE, like logo, yeah. like on it, like branded on it. Yeah. Well, the story goes, and I didn't know any of this. Like I was just doing my research before we did the show and, uh, it, you know, it's, it's odd because as a gamer, you know, Dreamcast came out, it seemed to be really good. We were getting some good games mm-hmm. and then it was gone. Yeah. You know, and as a gamer, you don't really understand like what's going on in the background. Bootlegging was big back. Bootlegging killed it. Here's here's one of the points I was also going to make. So like I was telling you, they were doing everything on the cheap and they released the system at a really low price. Like the PlayStation 2 is going to be 300 bucks. They released theirs for 149. And part of their thought process was we'll sell the system at a loss, basically, and we'll make the money back in software sales. Right. But and uh, that, isn't this the one that you could just you didn't even need like a mod chip you could just like burn yeah. a CDR and pop it in and yeah it they well what they did was and it, it's really ironic because they were really aware of piracy and they had developed safeguards to prevent piracy like they really thought it through but one of the decisions they made instead of using DVDs because you know PlayStation was going with DVD theirs included a DVD ROM. Mm. Uh, Sega developed this thing called like G GD ROMs, right? Yeah. yeah, and they were slightly, they were less, they were smaller than DVDs. They were about a gigabyte, I think, in size, which was around what a CDR was. <laughs> it was like perfect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the GDRs. It, you're right. It there there was like three levels of of um, what do you call it? Like protection. Like there was like step one was. Oh, I'm trying to remember. Step one went something like. It would notice if you put, um, how did it go? I can't, I'm sorry. I can't really remember like how the three steps worked. But Step two, question mark. Yeah, step, step three, three profit. profit. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was supposed to like know if you put a, a non-Dreamcast disc in, it was just supposed to stop it right away. Right. But the story went something like Sega was developing an, um, uh, like a proprietary type uh, CD, format where they were going to try and get 
like CD companies or music companies to produce discs that could play in the Dreamcast, mm-hmm. uh, but like not on their computer or something. But but they, that was the exploit that hackers found. Yeah. They they utilized that um, that technology that only like nine CDs or something even could do. Mm. Like nobody, none of the music companies bought onto it. So, mm. but it was still out there, and they found that exploit, and it was that echelon. Right. Person. Yeah. Code yeah. code echelon. Yeah, because I, I remember like every game would like boot up with like that echelon like yep. logo yeah. or something. I don't know. I, I guess and I thought I read years afterward that it was um an inside I should say every pirated game. Yeah. <laughs> um long story short, pi- I, I think the pirating of the software put the death nail in for them. Yeah. Because they weren't making and you know, not everybody knows about it. And you had to have a broadband connection to even download the games. And you had to know, I figured it out, but it took forever. Like you had to get on like IRC, oh, like the and Merc boards. MIRC and, yeah. back in the day. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about that just the other day oh, too. Yeah. So, like, and, so, and, and with Merc, it was very like um, dossy looking. Yeah, it was all like command prompt. Yeah, it was all looking. command line. You, it wasn't like a user, uh, like a uh, uh, GUI or yeah, we anything. We would just like stare there and like, I mean, it looks like like the Matrix. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but and what what they would do is like they would drop these games like whenever the release dates for a game would come out, like they'd get them like two or three weeks early, and they they they'd break it up into like RARs, yeah. and you download like the fifty or sixty necessary RARs, and then you de- you know you decompress it into that one image file, right. and then you get like a Q file, and yeah. you'd put it just in whatever CD-ROM and you get like a spindle of CDRs for like 20 bucks. Oh man, I had so many spindles back then. <laughs> I did too. I don't even have like a single spindle anymore. I just no. I don't even do that anymore. I, I come across them from time to time in, in my basement. I'm like, why am I even hanging on to this? Well, yeah, like a, a while back, probably about a year ago, I, I went through like a bunch of them and you know, I saved some of the stuff that I, I thought was worth saving, and I just threw away like so much. Stuff. <laughs> well, black binders too—that was another thing I was like up yeah. to my elbows in. I'd get those like black binders that would hold like fifty or hundred games. Yeah, and and then you would get that you know the the sticker program like the Stomp It thing. Yeah. I, oh man, it was like <laughs> it was like an assembly line. <laughs> burn. You'd have like four. You know, like a hundred downloads going. You'd get the whole get the whole set of RARs, decompress it, burn it. Then you got your stomp it. You got your stickers, and you you know you'd find yeah, this we, from CD image. We that went website. like beyond the like writing on it with a sharpie. Yeah, know, no, we didn't like, even. I mean, it looked like the actual. <laughs> it looked like the actual discs. I mean, you could tell well, from looking at it that it was. I mean, you could yeah you printed could on your cheap fake, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like you said, I mean, we took it a bit further and didn't just write in Sharpie. Yeah. Some I would write in Sharpie, but I didn't care like about it enough. The actual artwork. <laughs> yeah, you can get the artwork because there would be websites that would take screen like high, like high quality screenshots of the discs, and it would just now, cut out the size of the disc. I think I should boom. add though that even then, though, if there was a game I really liked, I still bought it. Even then, yeah. Well, we were really, really now, poor. It, it was a good way to test a game to be like, no, like, ah, yeah, I don't yeah. really want that, you know. Yeah. Well, we were poor college kids at the time. We didn't have any money, like, and I was the same. There, there were games that but I if it was for like, sure bought. You know, Street Fighter Three. I still bought yeah. the actual thing. 
Yeah, I mean, twice. You know, I mean, like you could. I feel terrible. I've got the Japanese version I, and the American version. I had we we each probably had hundreds of games. Oh yeah, and absolutely. I never played any of them. So like, I didn't really and, totally buy the argument that the piracy at like one point too. It was like almost a goal to like get all of them. Yeah, and it was like oh, just nice. Yeah, it's like hard. digital collecting. Like you'll see these documentaries where people try to go and get all like seven hundred NES games. Yeah. Uh, you're right. Yeah, you just didn't want to let a single game get by you. You wanted to get them all, yeah. <laughs> and it was really it was like a ob- sick obsession. Yeah, and um, I it was ridiculously easy. Like you said, you would just burn it and pop it in the Dreamcast. No yeah. mod chip required. It's not like it's the first system that ever had that capability of playing a pirated game. Right. It was just so ridiculously easy. easy. Yeah. Anyone could do it. It didn't. You didn't have any because you would get like those chips from uh, what was that website that you would get oh, mod hell, chips I from? Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I really do want to do like modchips.com. No, 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 no. Oh, God, I I, I remember because I finally broke down and I'll never forget this. I finally broke down and bought a mod chip from one of these sites, and like their ship from China got like and uh, you know confiscated and. The company ended up going under, but like they, yeah. they, you know, customs like stopped them, and like the whole entire ship, their whole all the shipments. Oh got. yeah, I gotta remember that. Yeah, so like my package was on that ship, <laughs> <laughs> and the company went under. So like I got no refund, no explanation. Right, I just figured right. it out by reading it on a website. Yeah, I, I was. <laughs> I knew all the underground stuff then. I have no clue now. Yeah, we did, man. I want to do an early Internet Days podcast with uh, maybe Martin. Really, I really do. I think that'd be fun to kind of remember some of this old stuff. But, you know, I'm just thinking about some of the downfalls of the Dreamcast, and that's for sure a good argument. I don't know if it's exactly... Uh, well, I mean, I, I kind of like the, uh, the crash of, uh, you know, 84, the arcade crash. I mean, it's, you know, there's, there's many... There's many factors. Factors, yeah. yeah. You can't just say this one thing and that's it. But I imagine it's a very. It didn't help. <laughs> it didn't did, help. Did not help at all. Um, so yeah, the Dreamcast. Do you know where the, where the name comes from? Uh, the console itself. No, why don't you tell us? No, I will. <laughs> well, it came. It came from two words: dream and broadcast. And they just put it together, and that's how they got Dreamcast. Okay, okay. And it's interesting because they Sega went to a lot of trouble to to come. They 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 really put a lot of effort into the brand name Dreamcast. And what they were trying to get away from was their own past. And that Sega logo, it's right here on the box, but it's kind of small. Yeah, they went with the little swirly thing. Yeah, they and, went with the swirl. And I love that little intro too, oh, man. Boom, it's just boom, it, boom. It's so tranquil yeah. and peaceful. <laughs> I do too. But there's like hardly any Sega logos. Like you would expect them to be plastered big, you know, like Nintendo would. You yeah, know, like it, they have their it, big it did Nintendo not do logo. Like the big Sega. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and speaking of the swirl, did you know that in each each region they had their own color swirl? Yeah, um, it's blue in um, Europe. PAL regions, yep. Yeah. What's Japan? Orange. Oh, is this the Japanese box? Is it? Uh, well, ours know. is red. Maybe it's just a little faded. But No, this is this is American. There's you. Yeah. Uh, in America, it's supposed to be red, and in Japan, it's orange. But that does look a little orangish, but... Um, That's what you threw me off because you're. Like, <laughs> I'm looking at orange. Huh? Yeah, it, I, I guess it's supposed to be a bit of a red color. But okay, so yeah, so red is American orange. Japan, yeah. Japan. Oh wait, we. Uh, 
Oh, do you have a? Do you have one of your uh, your imports? You can we can we can test this. Oh well, the uh, that logo there it's got like orange and then white swirl, like orange background. Yeah. So I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I like learning new things like that. But yeah, so the Dreamcast came out in Japan and it was not a huge success. Um, it was a much bigger success in the states. Um, in fact, I wrote a number down. It it broke a record for units sold on launch day. Like, yeah, yeah, a, about a quarter of a million units on launch day, and that was a record at the time. Nice. And I think a part of that too is like they'd had the probably had a larger launch lineup of games. So, because they did have a good launch lineup of games. I don't know if they had that many games in Japan. That might have attributed to it a bit. Uh, and it sold a million in just 11 weeks, which was, like, really good. I really liked the, um, it had, like, the little memory card. That VMUs? Go, yeah, the VMU that you'd put in your controller. Yeah. And it had that little screen. I mean, when you took it out, it's like a little Game Boy almost. Yeah, yeah, it looked which, like a little Game Boy. Which I feel like was, like, very, like, underused. I think there's, like, so much potential in that. It, it was that gimmick kind of thing, but it, it, it it really did have a lot of potential. But the one thing I really loved about it with sports games is it could keep your play calling a bit of a secret. Yeah. You know, in, in football games in particular, like when, when you pick a play in a normal video game or whatever, people can, you get three plays usually and you, you don't know for sure what your opponent picks, but you know, it's one of like three plays, Yeah. but you could kind of like make it secret. And the VME, you could look down in your controller and you could pick it in secret. And I love that. Yeah, that's cool. It was really cool. And I like like um, Resident Evil Code Veronica. They used like that little screen on the VMU for like your life bar. Oh so yeah! That you didn't have to like waste you know space for yeah. like a, a heads up display like on the screen because you could just have it on the little on your controller. That's yeah, it was cool. really innovative. Did you know that they planned to make to turn that into an MP3 player? No, that'd be cool. It would have been neat. Um, one of the plans they had a couple plans before they went under. One of them was to add a to sell a DVD add-on because they saw that, and it, you will never know. Like, did the PlayStation Two sell so well because it was a cheap DVD player, and did the PlayStation Three sell well because it was a cheap Blu-ray player? I, I would say yes. I mean, because it was absolutely like that was like my justification yeah. for like getting this expensive like game. Console. It really it's was like, cheaper. Well, I'm getting a DVD player at the same time, yes. and which. I mean, it the the PlayStations like whether it's two, three, whatever have yeah. always been my DVD or Blu-ray yeah. player. Most Even people's to were. This yeah. Day, yeah. I, I've never bought like an actual like Blu-ray player or something. It's always been like the Sony console or or even the Xbox. Really, I'd say like ninety percent of the time, it's if it's not like a streaming digital kind of like deal, you know, from Netflix. If I am putting in a disc, it's going into a PlayStation 4 or an Xbox One, almost always. Um, but I did, did you know, because the PlayStation 2 sold so crazy. And it's, people just stopped caring about the Dreamcast. Like, it got off to a fast start, PlayStation 2 came out, and it was over. Just like that, it was over. Yeah. And um, there was just really not a whole lot Sega could do, but they were, they, they were looking into, um, you know, I think at a show, they had a, a, like an add-on DVD player. And they were they were with um, when MP3s were of course were you know they they were dealing of course with their own like versions of piracy rampant piracy with Napster and all that. Yeah. Well, they one of before Apple iTunes became the the norm. 
there was a site called mp3.com where they would actually sell legal mp3s you could buy. Man, that's bringing back like so many memories. Yeah, me. right. <laughs> Napster <laughs> bad. Napster bad. Oh, yeah, the, the Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot about what was the, What was the, that series of cartoons? Those web Joe cartoons. cartoons. Joe cartoons. <laughs> Jeez, see, we got to do one of these. We got to do an episode about early internet. Uh, it would be so much fun. Yeah, that James Hetfield and <laughs> and uh, I forget the drummer. Gosh, what's his name? Um, uh, 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 Lars Lars Ulrich. Ulrich. He's just like bouncing around the screen, <laughs> like a weird little cartoon character. But yeah, they were going to partner with with uh, MP3 dot com, and they were it was going to hold up to like an hour's worth of music, which is pretty incredible. You know, thinking about this like modest little thing. Um, man, just imagine if you could like. You know, you play your game, and then you're you're going off somewhere, so you, you can pull that thing yeah, out. It's like a switch. And you know, <laughs> if it was like either your M- MP3 player, or if you could even put like Tetris on it, because it had yeah. like a control pad it and did. everything on it. it. Did. It's like a little miniature Game Boy. Was that an actual functioning control pad, or was it just sort of there to to make sure it made contact with uh, no, something? It, in the... it it functioned. Okay, you could go through the menus. It had it. like did it have like a Tamagotchi type game? I don't remember. Probably, but. Like I say, it was so underused. It was. Like, I think you could do something in with the, what were those things called? KOs or whatever, like on that Sonic game. Those little creatures that were kind of like Tamagotchi kind of. Oh, yeah. I think you're right. Chows. Chows. I I feel like like you could save them onto their, onto the little units themselves. I feel like that, that's like the most kind of I've seen of it used, like when it's outside of the controller. Yeah. And, you know, Tamagotchis were released big at the time. Yeah. So, you know, like, you know, it was a big deal. Um, the keyboard was really cool. Oh, yeah. I started talking about that earlier. Like, I was trying to decide, because I don't even think I got Typing of the Dead, but I got the keyboard, and I can't think of why well, I Maybe did. this will jog your memory. Okay, remember how I said Sega, uh, they released it at one forty nine ninety nine. Well, they had their Sega Net uh, service. But which I didn't was, ever do that, You didn't ever do that? Oh. Okay. Well, they offered a $149 rebate if you signed up for 18 months of their service. I and it, they included a free keyboard with that, too. Yeah, I bought the keyboard. Because I, I kind of feel like but I for heard... What, though? I don't know. That's what I'm trying to... Oh, well, it had a browser, right? So yeah, maybe it had just, a browser. Maybe you just but, wanted it for that. Well, I think at one point I heard the keyboards were starting to become rare. And I happened to see one or something. So I just picked it up. I, maybe. I don't know. I don't yeah. remember. I don't know what can, comp- or, or like I intended to get Typing of the Dead or something yeah, yeah. because I knew it was kind of fun. Maybe you played it at my house and thought it looked cool. I know because I know you liked it. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, but I don't have the game, so I don't yeah. know. Hmm. Yeah, and they came as a package probably too. If I'm well, not maybe I bootlegged it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I did too. Come to think of it, I don't know. Pro- <laughs> <laughs> so I probably bought the keyboard, but I just bootlegged typing. <laughs> Why would I buy the game? It's not my fault. Sega's going broke. They're fine. Sega'll be fine. Sega's not going anywhere ever. <laughs> oh That's Lord. probably it. <laughs> it very well could be. And, so we were. And I probably problem. didn't play it all that terribly much. <laughs> which, which you know, because like I said before, the games that I really liked, I did buy, and so I yeah. probably you know bought the. Well, obviously, look, you got plenty of Dreamcast games up here on the table. Yeah, these are all your Dreamcast games. I don't have any left. Yeah, and I, I didn't even like bother to pick and choose. That's all of them. Another reason why I think Dreamcast failed was um, EA Electronic Arts was had a very lucrative partnership with the Sega Genesis. 
And when the Saturn came out, the Saturn burned a lot of people. And the games that EA did put out for its support, it didn't sell well, obviously, because the Saturn didn't sell well. So when it came time for the Dreamcast to come out, they were, you know, they were trying to cut corners and be cheap. Well, you know how like companies have to pay a licensing fee usually to to make games for their system. Yeah. Well, they were cutting. They were giving EA like a discount, really cheap. Like they were just pretty much like, we need EA to sell the games. We'll give you a discount. Well, they couldn't really afford to give them the discount because they were just like pinching pennies, and they they had to pay like everybody else. And EA said no, they weren't going to do it. So um, that's largely why they never put out any games for the Dreamcast. And with no EA, you know, you got no EA sports games. Mm. Sega didn't suffer too much because they did have their 2K series, but um, EA is a lot more than just their sports. Yeah, Sega had like their own line of sports, right? Sega Sports. Yeah, two, yeah. the 2K. Yeah, they they invested something like five or ten million dollars in one of the studios that was they were an up-and-coming studio and they they were very very good games so they did sell but i mean ea like no madden is a killer you know no no college football no no hockey no fifa no you know all those games that are just money makers And, and you know like ea would have all their like little secondary games too they didn't just do sports games so they were just not on there so that hurt them too i'm sure um Let's see. Do I have anything in uh, other interesting things? Oh, Dreamcast was the first system that actually had a built-in like VGA support, which was very unique. You could actually hook it up to a monitor, like a nice monitor, and it would it would like actually play games in uh, like 480p, which is unusual at the time. Well, you had to get a special a special cord to do it. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, it didn't come with the, the yeah, it Dreamcast, wasn't, but... Like in the back of the Dreamcast, and you just screw in a VGA cable. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah, the only reason I remember that is because I went through a couple of those cords because it seemed like after a while, like, you would have to, like, push some pressure, like, on it. Or, cause it is that right? It, yeah, it wouldn't make, it like, a good connection, and, the, like, it would get kind of fuzzy, and I, I realized, like, if I put a little pressure, like, on the, <laughs> it can't the be end good. of the cable yeah. that... <laughs> Oh, it clears it up now, so I would put, like, a weight on it or something. <laughs> <laughs> I would do the same thing, yeah. Um, and there's one other huge factor that I'm going to save until it's an appropriate time to talk about it, but I think it was another thing that just really killed them. There, there was, there, they gambled big on something, and it didn't pay off like they needed it to. Okay. Okay, so that's just a little bit of history on the Sega Dreamcast. I think we were both fans. Oh man, I love the Dreamcast. It's um, it's a it, really powerful. It's a shame little... that it didn't last terribly long. Yeah, just eighteen months in the states, and yeah. then it was discontinued. And then it, you know, things would go on. People would put games out for it, uh, but it, it had really good. Um, I remember Capcom really supported it a lot. Oh yeah, um, it, it was a good little third party machine. It just was missing EA. Yeah, and. Uh, Unfortunately, the the strain and the stress of failures from generations past, so they just couldn't dig themselves out of a hole. I'm looking at my games now, and probably like 50% of them are Capcom. Yeah, and some Namco games. Uh, but yeah, Capcom was a good... This is back when Capcom was still like quality. Like they were putting out quality stuff like all the time. Namco, where are you seeing Namco? Uh, Soul Blade. Soul oh. Calibur. Oh, yeah, okay. Soul Calibur. Yeah, okay. One. <laughs> <laughs> well, is that Tecmo or Team Ninja? Did Team Ninja do Dead or Alive? 
Yeah, that's Team Ninja. Yeah, it's Team Ninja. Tecmo was Team Ninja, I guess. But anyway. SNK, the King of Fighters. <laughs> I can't see what's in front of me here. Yeah. So, yeah, so we talked about a little bit of history. Uh, and then we'll, what we're going to do is we're going to start talking about some of the games that we like for Dreamcast. Kind of our old, you know, we'll pick 10 games that we like, talk about them. Oh, just like the old days. Just like the old days. and uh, But I really wanted to just sort of celebrate the Dreamcast, talk a little bit, a little history. I just found a lot of that interesting because I didn't know any of this stuff. You know, we got the the benefit of the internet to do research on. And this, this is all stuff that people in the industry were all aware of at the time. And if you were reading, you know, the, the proper publications... Uh, you probably could know this information, but you know EGM wasn't really covering any of that. Yeah. So I just found it really interesting to all all those like little things that led up to their ultimate demise. And Sega's still around making software. You know, they I was talking to you before the game. I was like, what is Sega doing now? Because they really they did a, they supported a lot of Microsoft games for a while. Um, and then. I feel like they had like a dark period where they just didn't do a whole lot. Or if they did, it was like not very good. Yeah. I think they do the Yakuza games. I think that's maybe their big seller nowadays. Yeah. I know there's a lot of those games and it has its fans. Um, you know, they're not selling. Well, and they, they still like kick around Sonic a little bit, you know I mean? It's, well, and they, and they make bank on their collections, yeah. like their Sega Genesis collections. Yeah. And you know, they're, they still, they still, they stay a little bit relevant due to their old IPs, but yeah. but yeah, Sonic Mania, big big hit. Mm-hmm. You know, Sega, it was good to see Sega back. I always like to see Sega come back from the dead because they were so important and vital to video games. And you know, as we you know we're doing our console wars episode, they were head to head with Nintendo. They were actually challenging Nintendo, mm-hmm. and that had just not been done. Um, so yeah, we're gonna do our uh, five and five. And uh, Nick, I'll, I'll let you start off with your first game. No, I was going to. Did you want to talk about it? Flip for it, baby. Oh, you just let me go. No, I'll just let you go. Since uh, since I went, got to go first, I think the last time we did this format. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, I'm going to start out with uh, a cute little game that was, uh, what it might have been a launch game. I don't really remember. I just know it was one of the early Dreamcast games. It feels like a launch uh, game. I think it was a launch game. Yeah. Uh, Choo Choo Rocket. Yeah. That was a fun little game. I, uh, it it filled the puzzle void right I'll, away. I'll be honest. I mean, I didn't really play it a lot because I probably you know got something else like very quickly thereafter that kind of took my attention. But, yeah. But it was fun. I mean, I, I like Choo Choo Rock. It's a simple puzzle game, so you, you know you're not gonna obsess over it like you would maybe some other games. And, but it was and, a fun game. You know, and I just kind of wanted. It took advantage of the four players. I want to give it a shout out though because you know I don't. It, it was unique, you know. It wasn't like something that was on like, you know, every console at the time. Or something. it was unique to Sega and yeah. in the, in the Dreamcast. You're yeah. right. So, so it, it's a like a definitive like Dreamcast title, I think. Yeah, good call. Yeah, Dream. I'm trying, so I'm trying to remember Choo Choo Rocket. Like you, there were the little mice, and you would kind of start the game by placing arrows. Yeah, and they would just kind of like run in a line. Mm. And um, yeah, they would like follow those arrows. And it's so like you, really fast. Like gotta, it's real fast pace. Yeah, it's very fast, and you got to like get them to go into that rocket, and that will just take them off to safety. Oh, where, you know where is that? It's up here somewhere. No, oh, is it? It. Uh, I was trying to remember like how the, what the cats do. I guess they kind of chase you around, but 
Well, yeah, because like every it's, few seconds there would be this like randomized wheel that would spin, and it just it was chaos always in that game. Man, you know what's bad? What's that? This is legit. This is this is the actual. It's not like photocopied or anything, but look how like pixely that artwork is. Mm. It's like so blurry and pixely. It's not high DPI, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man. At least I think it's legit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good job, Nick. You got like the insert and everything. With 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 all that counterfeiting going on in those days, no, this is legit. Oh, I yeah, and it's like online multiplayer, but I don't yeah. think we ever did that. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. And I never owned this game legit, but <laughs> I remember that I think that was a demo that you could play. Yeah, yeah. there was a demo. Yeah, yeah. It came with the Dreamcast? I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a launch game, like you say. But it was a really fun game. It, it was very chaotic and fast-paced. The same thing didn't usually happen more than like once in a row. It kind of like reminded me of Lemmings, and like a real fast-paced, chaotic Lemmings. Yeah. And uh, it, you know, it was... It it was fun, but it was it's because it was so fast and chaotic. It like frayed my nerves a little bit, and yeah. you couldn't. I didn't feel like I was much in control. Like I felt like if I was getting a man, and that's just because I didn't get real good at the game, I guess. But I felt like when I was getting mice in, it was just sort of coincidental. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like oh that arrow that I put there is they're getting to the trap somehow. And uh, you know, I feel like there was like a black void that they could go off into if they didn't make it to a trap. I could be remembering that wrong, but it was a fun game. Mm-hmm. I enjoy that. It's a good game to start off with. Um, should I do my first? Um, you're next. By right? all no. means, yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm I'm not gonna pick a little game. I'm gonna pick a big game to start out with. And it was the game that probably had something to do with it selling so well right off the bat. Yeah, as a uh, Sonic Adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was the that. system seller. It was the game that everybody wanted. And it's the game that I think a lot of people thought that if the Saturn had just had, it, it could have at least lasted a bit longer. Sonic in 3D. Yeah, Sonic in 3D. It was it's, Everybody wanted their favorite game from the previous era to make that jump to 3D, and Sonic was the last, I guess, big character that, to make that jump. I think, you know, for the most part, I think it worked. I mean, you know, I, kinda, I prefer my Sonic in 2D. But oh, yeah. But um, not many. I don't think many things work well in 3D, like platforming wise. Yeah, it's very, very hard to 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 platform in 3D. Like I, I played Destiny. I've been getting back into it a little bit more, and the platforming parts are always the hardest. Yeah, and it's you know the controls are rock solid, and you didn't even have rock solid controls back then. That was real iffy. The cameras were iffy a lot of times. And Sonic's all about the speed, so. Didn't the game feel like it was a bit on rails, too? Yeah. It wasn't, like, true exploration. It was kind of like... It was 3D, but... I mean, yeah, you would hit those areas where you would, you know, you just hit a bumper and you just take off, and then you're just kind of watching the ride, you know? And, and yeah, you know, that, and it was cool. I mean, because... It, it was real pretty. It, it especially makes me think of, like, that very first level, you know, where as soon as you hit that bumper and you're just, like, running around and you're going across bridges and yeah, stuff. Yeah, you're flying and, across that bridge yeah, and, there's, and like a, where, there's, like, a whale or something. Yeah, the that's killer true. whale comes yeah. out. I mean, that, that's, kind of, that's a classic Sonic adventure. That's good know, classic Sonic design. That yeah. felt like, you know, the, 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 you know, Green Hill Zone. You know, you're just flying along. But, you know, I mean, you know, the first time you saw that, it was just amazing, you know. Yeah. You know, that was sold for sure. 
And, uh, you know, uh, there were other Sonic Adventure games released. And I know, like, when I first got to, like, that boss that was all kind of that liquidy. Yeah. And he had, you know, you had, like, you could see the brain. And yeah. So you knew, like, that's his weak spot. So yeah, jump yeah. up and hit him in the head, you know. Yeah. And that was, like, in a city kind of yeah, like, environment. Like, that, that was really cool. I mean, I was impressed with that. It looked cool. Um, but, you know... It it wasn't it didn't have any depth to it. I don't you know it doesn't really hold up now, but no, it really. But it's then, not gonna look pretty now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure if I throw like a uh, like a video over top of us talking, it's gonna look real kind of ugly now. Yeah, but it, it was I was impressed then. I mean, I thought it was very cool. It was really good looking then, and the Dreamcast was a really it, it really produced pretty visuals. It was yeah. a very colorful system. And it could do, you know, the 3D and 2D games. It really could. Yeah. And they were taking advantage of the uh, AM3. Like, they had this, uh, like, it was like a scaled-back version of AM3, and they called it the Naomi board, I think. Mm. Yeah. And, and, it, and it was designed to be able to do the things that Sega does well, which is port their arcade games. Mm-hmm. And Sega was still doing a pretty decent job of porting, or making arcade games back in the day. It was the death. It was the very end of that yeah. era. But um, you know, Daytona. They had a good Daytona port. Oh yeah. Um, the Virtual Fighter. I feel like was was there? No, that was that was pretty much all Saturn. But oh, uh, there was a Virtual Fighter three on Dreamcast. Did they did they three, make three TB Team Battle? Okay, okay, I believe you. I'm almost positive. Yeah. Was the Dreamcast the game? No, it was Saturn, where they had the fighting game, the the uh, with all the mixed in characters, and one of the characters oh, to fight Saturn. with. <laughs> yeah, okay. Fighters Mega Mix, Me- yeah. <laughs> and one of them was the, the Blue car. Hornet. The Hornet, the Hornet yeah. yeah. It was like standing up into the wheels, and like. <laughs> I thought maybe we talked about that before. The palm tree, <laughs> and one of them was yeah. There's like the AM2 palm tree. Yeah, the logo of the AM2, and, and one of them was like this big inflatable bear. <laughs> That didn't even animate. He's just like. (laughs) (laughs) No frames of animation. (laughs) Oh, my God. I miss that. (laughs) It's so lame, but Uh, great. I mean, that game was just, uh, I mean, it was meant to be a joke. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That weren't selling it on the strength of playing as the Hornet. That was like an unlockable character or something, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. It just had like tons and tons of crazy unlockables. Yeah. None of those we mentioned were like the stock. No, no. That was all like fighting Vipers and some other (laughs) Sega fighting games at the time. Um, But, you know, yeah. So Sonic Adventure, uh, it, it played really well. It was a great game to sell a system. And, you know, people really like Sonic Adventure 2. Like, if you look at lists out there, people love that game as well. I don't know. I didn't love it as much. I just, yeah, I never got into it. It's like, uh, you know, the first Sonic Adventure was like the taste of it. Yeah. I I was satisfied. I was like, hmm, you know, I got my fill of Sonic. I don't need the two, three subsequent sequels that are just tiny iterations over the original. Yeah. Uh, all I needed to see was that first level, and that's mostly all I played. Like I never, I don't think I beat that game. Not a big surprise. <laughs> but uh, I, I just really enjoyed the first level, and uh, it was cool seeing, you know, my little buddy finally back. And, uh, and then after that, Sonic went to some dark places. Okay, Nick, number two for you. Uh, number two, I'm gonna say Space Channel Five. That was another just of the era. Very Dreamcast era. 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 (laughs) (laughs) It was an error. Yeah, but of that era, it 
just a, a very dreamcasty, you know, game. Yeah. That uh, and it was funny. It was one of the. I mean, I guess Parappa the Rapper. That was that first. Uh, oh yeah. Yep. That was PlayStation, yeah. Yeah, so that that already had come out first. It, it was it was and so it, it was appealing to those fans though. It, it's in that vein, so it it's not like you know super unique, but mm-hmm. but um, but a very Dreamcasty game. I mean, it was it was a lot of fun. It had a space Michael Jackson, or was that two? I don't remember now. I don't know if it was one or not. Uh, I just it, remember the girl with like the. Ooh la la. Ooh la la, yeah. (laughs) I love the way she walked in the beginning. Like like, she would just kind of like swing her arms. Yeah, she had that swagger. Yeah, she really did. Yeah. And it was like, shoot, shoot, shoot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But you're right. It was very parappa rappa. Up, up, down. Shoot, 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 shoot. She kind of like an entourage behind her and they would shoot. Yeah, like every time you would do well, yeah, they would like join your little Mm -hmm. entourage and they'd all dance and stuff. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun, it, and it's a it's a cool character that I don't. But like all those games we've mentioned, it's like you know I've played it a little bit, yeah. but never beat you know. Yeah, never beat it. It it may have it, it was it's funny. It, it was in between crazes because Parappa the Rapper was very popular, and then the rhythm games, you know, they came and went. And then they got huge again, but yeah. with licensed music. Yeah, that was kind of the big difference, and so like it wasn't all licensed music. It would have been a maybe if they had licensed music to go along with it. There, so there was like a Michael Jackson character in a sequel. Yeah, one of them had Space Michael. Space Michael. <laughs> they well, like they, real Michael Jackson. Well, they just called him Space Michael. Oh, okay. Like, it, okay. It, it was like obviously supposed to be Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because you know Michael Jackson was like always like big with Sega. He was. Yeah. And he was uh, supposed to do like a, some of the soundtrack for Sonic Three, I think. Yeah. And um, he was I, a big. Sonic I don't think fan. they actually called him Michael. Was he like? Mm, I, don't uh, uh, <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> you have to great. look it up. <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't own uh, Space Channel Five. Uh, I did recognize it as a. I, I liked what they were going for, and they. Yeah, I, th- I feel like I they achieved it. That's not. I don't think that I didn't actually buy that one. Yeah. So one of those games that we don't own, but you know. It, you recognize it. I like. I like that you're picking games that are very like distinctly Sega. That's that's cool. Yeah, I mean, if I, don't I, just, know if I did that necessarily, if I just made a game, uh, a list of I guess the I games did. I bought, it's like all fighting games, and I don't. Wanna, <laughs> I mean, because like you know, some of the a lot of the fighting games were on other consoles, so I want to say mm-hmm. things that are Dreamcast. You know, uh, was there a fighting game that was best on Dreamcast that you think that was on other consoles, yes. but Dreamcast yeah, yeah, yeah. did it the best? Right. Um. Yeah, like the um, like Marvel versus Capcom. It it came out on PlayStation, but PlayStation just wasn't powerful enough, mm-hmm. and it it was definitely better on Dreamcast. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I remember that being a pretty good popular seller. So yeah, um, yeah. cool game. Um. All right. Guess we'll move on to my next game. And you know we're we're dipping into like Nick's gonna take a nap stage, but it. I think we alluded to how important <laughs> these games were. At least Nick's in a good. We, st- we must be talking about sports <laughs> games. So let me it has to be a sports games. I'm sorry. I like was a big sports game fan, and the 2K series. You know, my next pick is kind of cheating. It's it's the NBA 2K and the NFL 2K series, because you know with sports games, you get a, you get the game, and then there's just slight iterations every year, and. <laughs> the Dreamcast only had a couple of years anyway. Yeah. But, you know, it was just roster changes and things like that. 
but it, you could play it online. It had like a really robust uh, character creator feature, which was always fun. You could make yourself and your friends and do a full season. And I love those games. Like the the sprites were really big. Like the gra- I guess not sprites, but the polygons were really big and yeah. realistic looking. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed them a lot. And you know, I remember like playing over at Pat's. We'd play NBA 2K and yeah. not 2K. Uh, yeah, 2K. We'd play like games. They were just and it had like a real kind of broadcast TV. Like the arenas were really fully flushed out for the first time ever. Yeah. Like you could really make out the fans and the seats and stuff. That's cool. Uh, so that was a big a big difference right there. You never really kind of got that before. Kind of immersive, kind of. It was very. Um, it, it, it was. They they went to great lengths to make it seem as it were an actual broadcast. That was their thing. If you and I, I remember being in a mire once, and if you just left it in uh, attract mode, mm-hmm. where they would they it, it would play a game out mm-hmm. in real time, but all in cinematics, mm-hmm. different angles, and it just. From far away, it moved like a like the players moved. It that's it seemed like a broadcast. That's cool. So it was very impressive. I, I can't it can't be overstated that those two K games were very very impressive, and they were better than the EA games. Yeah, they really were. So yeah, EA they they took their ball and they went home with it. Mm. But Sega at least had that ace up their sleeve. Like they they weren't necessarily missing out on a whole lot of money because of. At the very least, the basketball and football games, and those are only big sellers in the states. They don't do that. That doesn't move the needle in Europe, and it doesn't move the needle in Japan, obviously. So, but in the states, it was a big deal. Cool. That's my number two pick, Nick. What's your number three? Uh, number three, I'm gonna say uh, Soul Calibur. Oh, yeah, it was a really good game. It was, and you know, I mean, I'm gonna be honest that. Uh, you know uh, these all all these fighting games you see I've got lined up that these other fighting games I kind of like better than Soul Calibur, mm-hmm. but Soul Calibur was the Dreamcast, you know, title. Yeah, that like, that was the one that like you couldn't get anywhere else, kind of the thing. Right. And let's see. So it was it was a sequel of Soul Blade, right? Yeah. Which um, Soul Edge was. I'm trying to think of like... Which, or was it Soul Edge? Well, that's what I'm trying to say. It's like the arcade was one name, and then yeah. when it came out on the PlayStation, it was another, another name. I think Soul Edge was... It might be vice versa, but was the arcade game, and then it came out on PlayStation, and they changed the name to Soul Blade, and then the sequel was called Soul Calibur. Right. And, and then, which is funny, because Soul Calibur is the sequel, but then the sequel ended up getting sequels. So everything from then on out was like Soul Calibur 2, Soul Calibur 3, Soul Calibur 4. Yeah. It's just kind of interesting the way they You're right. It. Yeah, it's like it's almost like a subtitle like to give it a name cuz this is actually the sequel. Yeah. This is this is like Soul Blade 2 or Soul Edge, whichever way you look at yeah. it. Yeah. But yeah. then they just were like we like the sound of Soul Calibur. Yeah. So they ditched the other thing yeah. and just kept annualizing it's Soul like Calibur. they were like the prototype and they still make Soul Calibur games like I yeah. think they're up to like seven or something by now yeah and yeah and actually I haven't even played the newest one and I was kind of looking at it I'd, I'd like to give it a try yeah because I mean, like the create character you know you're talking about the character creation in the the sports games I mean the they're they're known for it in these Soul Calibur games that very fluid so, oh man like all kinds of choices of just you can make all kinds of stuff yeah 
So uh, I really enjoyed the character that had like the nunchuck or whatever. Oh, me too. Lee oh, yeah. Long. He's so cool. Or, or uh, no, actually, I, I'm sorry. It was Lee Long in the first game. It's Maxi in this game. Oh, Maxi. Okay. Yeah, which I mean, they're basically the same thing. <laughs> they just look different. Yeah. But yeah, I like. They had archetypes in fighting games. Yeah, for because sure. you know they would just swing those nunchucks oh, yeah, around. Yeah. He'd do that move where he like spins them on his feet. And I liked it too because like if you got a take, if you got a kill or a takeout, like it would do those like uh, animated like uh, replays. Yeah. In the, the there was like a narrator guy, like a oh, commenter that, that guy. That was always the coolest thing about this game. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and it's like the sound is like so stilted, but still it was so cool at the time this victory strengthened the soul of Voldo. Voldo wins it's like you know mitsurugi wins by ring out yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember that <laughs> but it, it was also very dramatic you know like it, there was a there was a, a there was a definite cinematic field of that game as well yeah, yeah. you know it felt like you're watching like kung fu or something it was really cool it was unique yeah. i feel like uh the with the weapons it kind of felt a bit different than the other series and it never lived up to tekken or obviously street fighter or even mortal kombat heights but for like a couple years soul caliber was you know uh synonymous with fighting yeah. you know it was yeah. when's the new soul caliber game coming out uh, but yeah, that's a that's a good pick. I forget how the. Uh, I wonder if you could play it online. If it was an online playable game, I don't know. Maybe not due to the graphical like power of this thing. VMU compatible. <laughs> I wonder what it did with the VMU. I forget what it said for like the intros of like every fight, but it would say like this long thing. Dude, yeah, he wouldn't shut up. You yeah. know, like he's like I forget. It's like it spinning around and he's talking his head off, and you're just like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It felt very very quality. Yeah, yeah. You knew you were playing something good when you turned on Soul Calibur. Yeah. It was a really cool game. Was it Soul Calibur two that did all the different systems and? Had the exclusive. Yeah, that might have been the start of like each console got like its own like guest character thing. Yeah, X- Xbox got um, Spawn. Yeah, there were there was like because one year it was like Spawn and Hihachi, Link Hi- and Heihachi, Hihachi yeah. from Tekken. Right, right. GameCube got Link. And then another year they did like Star Wars stuff. There was Yoda, Vader. Oh, Vader, yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And right. The, uh, I forgot about the Star Wars what's stuff. What's his name? Starkiller or whatever his name that was in that Force Awakens game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. So, you know, they were doing something a little different and it was fun. Because if you had multiple consoles, you know, I mean, that got people to buy the game multiple times. It was like, very smart. Oh, I want the one with Link. And I always felt I like the, X- the Xbox got like the crappy because they didn't have any. Yeah. They didn't have any hit unless uh, they were to do Master Chief. Like they just didn't have anything of their own really at the time. Yeah, you know, so like yeah, Spawn. Yeah, yeah he's kind of cool, I guess. But even, was he even all that popular then? I can't. Yeah. I feel like he was a very early '90s, late maybe mid '90s popular thing. Yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe there was a game coming out, like a recent game. Okay, uh, moving on to my number three, which is number six overall. Oh, this this may very well be my favorite game on the entire list. And uh, that's Crazy Taxi. Oh, man, I love Crazy Taxi. <laughs> it's time to make some crazy money. <laughs> oh, man. This this is one of the very last games I remember being like pumping quarters into uh, at the arcades. What, uh, Offspring. Oh, man, it had that Offspring soundtrack. Yeah. I love Crazy Taxi. Oh, yeah, man. That just... 
flying down the and, streets and then, of, of San Francisco. You know, they they re-released Crazy Taxi on was it Xbox 360 or Xbox One? I think oh it was gosh, 360. I, just about everything maybe. But it it they lost the license and it oh. didn't have the Offspring soundtrack. Oh, it just yeah. was not the same. Oh no, yeah. Oh man, I just didn't even really like. Did it they try anymore. to put some Offspring-ish song in even, its place? I don't even remember. But it just wasn't the same. Mm. Yeah, the the licensed music and I was there a Beastie Boys song in there too? And uh, the Offspring was the one everybody remembers though. Yeah, I don't know. It, it was so frenetic. <laughs> and I remember one of the things about Crazy Taxi. It, but first of all, it was a really good port of the arcade. Yeah. The only thing you were missing was like the wheel and the gear shifter, man. It yeah. it was so faithful to the arcade, and it was that was that Niami that Niami uh, border Naomi. graphics Naomi, yeah. yeah. You know, it just went right from AM3 to Naomi, and um, it, it looked and played so great. It had all the music, and uh, it had all those sponsored tie-ins, which kind of made it feel like oh, a yeah, real world. Like, uh, like Pizza Hut logos. There was Pizza and Hut. Stuff, yeah, Pizza Hut was the one I remember the most. But there were others. Yeah, there were definitely others. I mean, KFC might have been another one. Yeah, something like that. Uh, which was that? Yum. I mean, yeah. <laughs> maybe Taco Bell yeah. was one. Yeah. Uh, but I love. I really like enjoyed that they had you know the the real world sponsors and it made it feel more real. Oh, and and even the uh, like the cities were you know it like, was faithful to San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, very faithful. You know, I don't know the geography of San Francisco at all, I but. Guess. You know, it had the hills, and you know, you could see kind of like that the bay in the back, mm-hmm. and you know, it looked very San Francisco-y to me. Now, another game, well, and I mean, really, it's an arcade game, so arcade games aren't really meant to be like played through yeah. until you. Yeah, we talked about so that much. before, right? Yeah. So, but it, it is a game that just I love just playing that just that first board, and you know, you just you play it for you know. I good. wanted to beat my previous score. You know, yeah, like your yeah. time, whatever. You know, yeah. it was it was something I wanted to keep playing again and again. Play for like a good five ten minutes, and then you move on to something else. But right. you just you just constantly pick it up and just love playing that first. Yeah, and that may not that may sound like a bad thing, but you but it's completely not. got what you wanted. Sometimes you just love playing just that real quick game. Of, mm-hmm. You know, whatever it is, I you mean, get a bit of an adrenaline. It rush. doesn't have to be like a three hour long, you know, session for yeah. like an RPG or something. Sure. You know? well, yeah. This, not everything can be Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Um, sometimes all you really want is just a perfect arcade port yeah. and uh, fun music. Uh, you know, it's, it's that that I think that's probably my favorite Dreamcast game. I love Crazy Taxi. And there were sequels. Why and I never I, really got into. Why do I not have that? I thought you did. You don't have it? I don't think I do. Oh. Um, I definitely had that, that game. That's definitely one that if, if I go to like a game store or something and I see it, I, <laughs> I would buy it. I, yeah. yeah. I, I'm ashamed that I don't have it. <laughs> it. It didn't like survive the purge, the video game purge of whenever the year that was. Yeah, I guess not. I, I, I'm ashamed of that <laughs> one. You kept all your fighting games, your beloved fighting games. And you kept Choo Choo Rocket. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know why I got Choo Choo Rocket really, but... Whatever. Well, it's an appealing case. You know, I like the way it looks. I mean, you know, from the side, the poor quality print, the the poor quality of the back. Yeah, I'm gonna put up a picture of that back. I mean, when I yeah. when we flipped it over, I was like, the heck is so this? So fuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even read it. It's like they blew it up so huge. Like is that, that a photocopy? This is meant for a matchbook, and they blew it up huge. <laughs> oh, this is better. Yeah, I mean that looks clear. <laughs> well, what happened with Choo Choo Rocket? 
<laughs> he cheaped it out. I told you James Grass was like <laughs> doing things on the cheap. <laughs> he couldn't even afford larger size images. And you said to blow it up. <laughs> Nobody will notice. <laughs> well, here's some artwork that's <laughs> 200 by 200. <laughs> That's exactly Resolution. what it's like. <laughs> it's going to need to cover this uh, just 1,200 by, you know, yeah, just stretch it out. Nobody will care. Blow it up times 500, it'd be all right. Maybe in 20 years, somebody will pick up on it. And I guess they figure. Uh, that was just like one of the last great arcade games. And it had a sequel, too. It had sequels, and I might have picked them up. I don't know. I like the cast of characters, too. Like, you had the... The cool guy in the convertible Man, with like the bucket I, hat. I always played with what's his name, BD Joe, something like that. BD Joe, yeah, we gonna have some fun. Hey, hey, hey! It's time to make some crazy money. Are you ready? Here we go. Was he? The, was he the black guy? The black guy. Yeah, me just too. Like smiling. Yes. I always played. With I him. love. He was so cool, man. He was just like laid back, and he. I think. Well, they all had the convertible. I guess that didn't really matter. But there no, was. No, they did. They all had a different car. But were they all convertibles? Well, yeah, they were all convertibles oh, yeah. because but like, his, the people his was just, like, like the longer in. car though, wasn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, I liked his car. Maybe it was like an Impala or something like that. Yeah, there's like the guy with like green hair. Yeah, and a girl. The chick. Yeah, there was a chick. And <laughs> BD Joe. Yeah, he was amazing. I think everybody played with him. He, how could you not? He was like an icon. Yeah, he was you know in the arcades. He was so cool. Uh, but yeah, the the characters were very animated and they would like converse with the customers yeah. and the customers would they would like, yell at you yeah they would get real mad if, if they didn't get to where they were wanting to go real fast <laughs> and if you're real slow they would just jump out they would <laughs> <laughs> you could be flying down like one of those hills like man they just, i'm out of here <laughs> they would just ditch <laughs> like what the hell <laughs> but you didn't care like fine you know like i was never gonna get there anyway and you would try to hurry to the next little circle activation point. Yeah. So, oh, that was a good game. I don't even know if I ever saw every inch of that game that had to offer. I wonder if like there were areas that got that would unlock to you the longer you went, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I always feel like I always saw the same places, but it was okay. Because I guess like it's just always in the same map yeah I mean, basically right i mean well it's like i've never you, you seen just, the map blown out you know like i don't know what all there was you just continue going until you run out of time it could have just been like four or five streets uh with grassy areas and like like park areas in some places because you could yeah. just fly through those park areas if yeah. you need to make shortcuts yeah with like fly through <laughs> like a go up like a grassy hill yeah <laughs> and when you're making good time they, and, the, and you're doing good the passengers are loving it they're like <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they're loving every second of it, man. They didn't care. They throw you your money, you go get your next fare. A very simple concept, very, very much made for an arcade yeah. munch quarters, but you know it, it fit the bill for Dreamcast. Yeah, it was probably their last really great arcade and port. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Nick, uh, what's your number four? Um, I'm gonna say uh, Resident Evil Code Veronica. Hmm. Um. I definitely had this one too. This this was a big deal for me because it was my first Resident Evil game, and it, it did end up coming out like on PlayStation Two later on. Resident Evil Code Veronica X plus yeah. like other systems yeah, later yeah. on. Right, but at the time, I mean, that was the only thing you could get it on. And so yeah, this was like, it was a feather in their cap, man. This was like next gen Resident Evil. I mean, cause remember it, how pathetic it was when they when they touted how they got Resident Evil on the Saturn. 
Oh yeah, <laughs> so pathetic. Oh, uh, it was awful. But when but, they got on Dreamcast, it looked great. I, yeah, and actually, I, I I was about ready to misspeak because I, I almost said it was up to that point only on the PlayStation, and now it's on the Sega Saturn. But you're right. Yeah, the first game came out on Saturn, and uh, later. And, yeah. 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 After like the other one was like already really popular. And yeah, I, I feel like maybe the second or third one was coming out by the time Saturn got it. Yeah, and, and I guess uh, two I think did come out on. Nintendo 64, I want to say. Did it? I'm on, I, it, it was either in the Ugh, works. Imagine how that looked. It was either in the works or it did actually come out. Okay. I, I know it was at least in the works. Okay. It, maybe it didn't actually happen. I don't remember. Um, but anyway, but yeah, this was like next gen. Maybe it made it to the Wii or something like Well, Well, the uh, 4, you four. Know, came out on Wii. <laughs> yeah, 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 that was amazing. Um, so I didn't... I, I guess this happens, I know it's happened to you before too, but like with the save situations in Resident Evil, sometimes you get in a situation oh, where... Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, this this is the first game that, you know, so far we've been saying, well, I never beat this game. Yeah. Well, I never beat this one either. But this one would have been like the one that I actually would have beat had it not been for getting stuck. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was, I ended up, I got to a spot where... I was fighting like one of those tyrants, or you know, one. So it was this Resident Evil game. This Resident Evil okay. game, Code Veronica, where yeah, I was fighting one of the bosses, and you, uh, you know, I did something stupid where like I saved the game. Like I had very little ammo. Yeah. And you know, because I didn't know what was coming up. Really. Yeah, no, you didn't know I did, and, uh, and you had limited saves. Yeah, and so, so had- like I just went to like this save spot, and it ended up being a boss fight, <sighs> and and you take off on like this airplane. And oh yeah, and you have to like push the yeah, uh, and cargo or something so, at it, right? So you're trying to like shove like you, yeah, you got to like, hit this like switch a- or something so that the this pallet like runs into him and like knocks him out of the plane. Yeah, and I th- you got to do it like a couple times, I think, because and you couldn't take any hits. You'll like catch yourself because you were so low. Yeah, I was like my health was like so low. I just I had to do it like perfectly. perfectly yeah, and I just I finally gave up because oh, I just couldn't yeah. do it. He would just like run up and swipe me, and I'm dead. And you know, yeah, and you were probably I guess either occupied with other games or just too far into the game to want to do it again yeah i just got too fresh yeah because i i don't know if i think i was like always like overriding my last save yeah so i couldn't go back anywhere that's how i always end up doing in pc games i would always just end up like even though i knew i could save it on other files i would always just overwrite yeah so i was definitely far enough in that i didn't want to start over yeah and I just I couldn't backtrack anymore. And Is this the last game to have the tanky controls? Um, yeah, because uh, four was next. Mm-hmm. I mean, four kind of had the tank controls too, in in a sense. Mm. I mean, but it was over the shoulder kind of shooting. Yeah, yeah. Not not in the way that I'm thinking. Though. Not, not in the way you're thinking. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Those classic Resident Evil tanky controls, like famous or yeah. infamous. Okay. Um, and I, I, but, I mean, I really like the game. It just, if it wasn't it was really good. stuck right there, then I, I definitely I feel like would've... the voice acting was a little better than people were given like Resident Evil credit for early on. Oh. <laughs> uh, the story was interesting and, uh, the graphics, like I say, were great. Yeah. Like the first game, I know it gets like, <laughs> like Jill, the master of unlocking. <laughs> <laughs> There's all kinds of localization issues and, yeah. you know, 
you can't pick on video games, especially from that era. Not one particular video oh, game. Oh, man. But, but that one was for sure one of the famous examples. Like Code Veronica, I remember like a early like CG scene that, you know, it's the very beginning of the game where uh, I almost said Jill. Claire. Claire's the the heroine in this game. Yeah. That uh, she... She like uh you know she's like surrounded or something like she they they have her put her hands up like she's holding a gun and she like mm-hmm. raises her hand up and there's like a barrel or something beside the bad guys or something and she like lets go of her gun and it's all in slow mo and she like drops down and oh and like catches the gun in like the Mission air Impossible and, and, too yeah and like <laughs> shoots the barrel and it all blows up oh it was amazing it was cool. like so fun <laughs> remember that um but yeah you know like Resident Evil Code Veronica it. I feel like it's forgotten in time nowadays. Yeah. Nobody, there's, there's really nobody clamoring for a, a remix of that game. Yeah. But there, there, there has to have been remasters of it. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe not. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it, it came. Um, not like remasters, like how they've like well, totally like redone s- like one and how two's coming out again. But you said it came out for PlayStation Two as X, right? Yeah. It might have been better. Yeah. I mean, there were improvements, I guess, and changes. Not major. I, I don't know, like what they all were so much. It, if there was like a remastered, prettied up version, would you go back to it? Oh, I'd I'd like to actually play through it and get past that part I never beat. But. Yeah. Well, I don't know maybe with emulation happen. someday you can do that. Oh, if, if anybody ever emulates Streamcast. <laughs> I, I, oh, it's, it's there. I, I'm just, that I opportunity. Know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the next round of ripping off Sega <laughs> emulation. <laughs> but that got everybody. All right. Uh, my number four is, uh, oh, th- this, you know, Crazy Taxi was really good looking in its way. But this game could possibly be the best looking game that came out for the system called toy commander yeah i've never played that uh toy commander was like a cross between um i didn't even bootleg that one. Oh, really <laughs> that's how i got it i don't even remember i was really impressed by it. it it was to me it reminded me of something like uh what if toy story and micro machines kind of made a game together like there, there were no characters like sentient characters but yeah. You were in like a room, like a kid's room, and yeah. you the toys were what you were playing with, and you know the tanks would shoot, and like the I remember they're being really impressed with the, like the toy airplanes, um, the way you would fly around the room, and like how the rooms, like the scale of the room, impressed me a lot. I, I'd never seen a game like that, how you could fly around this room and how things would smoothly change like the perspectives felt right mm-hmm. you know like that doesn't always work in games some and, and, and they and they're very recognizable household items too so they really had to they really had their work cut out for them with this game cool. but but you know like there's like little toy soldier jeeps you'd run around and drive around in and i mean you could do a lot in the game there were like missions but you could also just race i mean i'm sure i would have liked this game i just don't even remember it at all yeah because i I can't remember who made it i've always liked those games where you know you're something like really small in in like it's it's like actual like household things that are just like huge. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah. Like Super Mario three, like, those like, levels where Mario's real tiny and like oh yeah, huge. like Giant Land. Yeah, and, but I, yeah, I was thinking of like um, what's that uh, Nintendo GameCube game that uh, Pikmin? 
you know, where, you know, mm-hmm. it'd, like there'd be like a bottle cap, but it's huge. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, I've always liked stuff like that. It's cool to see, to, to get that forced perspective, you know, yeah. like it's neat. And uh, this, this was like, it had a very Pixar-y like, looking. Katamari Damacy is kind of the same way, you know, when you're rolling the ball around. And... Mm-hmm. Oh, because you're huge. You get big. Yeah, you end yeah. up getting big. Yeah, yeah but yeah. you start out like really tiny. Really small, yeah. yeah. So small. So small. So small. <laughs> uh, but, you know, but yeah, it looked like a Pixar movie in a way. Um, and it was out, you know, it was released around the time of like Toy Story, like, two or something like that and yeah. like late 90s mid to late 90s so you know if you had a game that uh had could pull off that look pretty convincingly then you know it was neat it had nothing famous tied to it there were no movie licenses tied to it i don't think there were any famous publishers tied to it and it probably went unnoticed by most people and when you look at lists i see it you know towards the top 30 40 yeah. it makes lists that's but cool. you know, I really enjoyed it. I got a free copy of it to try out, and uh, I, I wasn't sad that I did. Yeah. I had I had fun with it. It was it was one that I would take out of the binder more than once. And that was a good test. You know, usually <laughs> you would put it in, test it, it works into the binder, never to be touched and again. Then it stays there, it just stays there. So I would flip back to that page from time to time and put it in and play it, have a good time. Okay, Nick, number five for you. This is like <laughs> the epitome of Dreamcast games. Shenmue. Shenmue. They're opus, man. Yeah. The, okay, let me let me share my little factoid. 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 Okay. Sega spent $47 million to produce the first Shenmue game. Wow. They spent... $70 million to produce the second Shenmue game. Oh, yeah. 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 Now, which, which never even came out um, <laughs> in the States. Like that's, there, that's what's crazy. There was an American version that it, it came out in the Europe, you know, the PAL version, but it never came out in the States on Dreamcast. Now, you know, those types of factoids you hear were like, uh, it takes this many ladders to stack to the sun or, you know, like something that, you know, I don't think anybody like really checked the math on it, but maybe somebody did. I guess it wouldn't be too hard. We're talking numbers here, like mm-hmm. prices. They they said, I read in another article that in order for that game to break even, every Dreamcast owner would have had to have bought two copies. Are we talking of, of Shenmue 1 or? Shenmue 1. Okay. Uh, I don't know the anecdote for two because, like you said, they didn't even release it yeah. in the states or whatever. <laughs> I uh, Shen- Shenmue One was actually a gift from my girlfriend at the time for me. Yeah. So, so another another layer of specialness. Yeah. So yeah. Were I, you t- were you talking about it? Was ta- was she a gamer? Not at all. No. Okay. <laughs> not at all. They, it, it was kind of it was just like spontaneous too because we were just like at the game store and I'm just like I, I'd like to get this game and she just bought it <laughs> nice <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> I'm sorry that that didn't work out Nick <laughs> uh, uh, <me> too. <laughs> um, but yeah that's that that Shinmu I'm gonna let you just talk about Shinmu because I didn't ever play it well yeah you know I hate it's, to say it's another one that I never beat. 
That's okay. I got it was a big far. game, right? It was a very, very big game. I got very, very ambitious. far to the end, though. I know I was very close to the this end. This may be the most ambitious game ever. But I just, I love just, like, not even doing anything in that game. You're just, like, walking around and just, like, living life. You know, you just, like, stroll around town and go to the arcade. Mm-hmm. Buy like little capsule toys and like, yeah. oh look, I got the little little Sonic the Hedgehog. Like things that cost like a quarter or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was I just love doing stuff like that. You walk up to like the soda machine and get a soda. Did it have any VMU support? Uh, like, could you pull up things you bought maybe in that? I don't think it did. I don't even. Were they just completely off the wagon? By I that don't point, remember right? like looking down at the VMU at all. Yeah. I don't think so. Now, did it have a lot of, uh, uh, what do you call it, like that kind of quick time mechanics oh, to yeah, it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Since it was it, so cinematic. It kind of introduced that, didn't it? It might have. It really might have. I, I think it's the granddaddy now that you of, say it. of uh, yeah, they called it like a QT. Yeah, quick time. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, yeah, I know it's quick time, but oh, okay, cool. it was like specifically like QT events, mm-hmm. you know, which stood for quick time. Sure, sure, sure. And, but in uh, the game, you're saying they referred it to as QT? Yeah, like like in the instruction manual. Like, uh, where's that? Look at this. It's, it's it's two discs. Yeah, it's thick. I just kind of I remember. Is it more than two discs? Uh, one one is like a special disc. Oh, the, okay, the, okay. The game is just two. I just kind of remember that it was like a big oh, deal that you know they're they're. Well, there's three discs like in a in, special. Introducing, oh, okay, my bad. Oh. Like they're introducing Passport. like this new, yeah, like QTE, you know, because it's like they're in, introducing this new style of gameplay kind What's of thing. What's this passport thing all about? Uh, it got its own book. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But, oh, uh, instruction books, I miss you. Oh, and, and it, you know, and it's so fat too. <laughs> it's like a little book. It's like a magazine. Was that in here like this? Cause, yeah, it must have been. Yeah, you got like Ryu Hazuki and his girlfriend mm-hmm. Nozomi. Yeah. Really beautiful, pretty graphics. Um, nothing else like it. I guess Final Fantasy could be like the only thing they could rival it as far as scope. Like, it was always funny, like the relationship between him because it was like obvious that she liked him, but mm-hmm. he would like barely give her like the time of day <laughs> he's got no time for love dr jones he's just, yeah he's like looking for the killer of his father so he's like all right i'll gotcha. see you later you know <laughs> always avenging She's their like, father be careful rio <laughs> bye <laughs> did you have no control over that whatsoever like you couldn't uh, um, like kind of simulate like steer the relationship in any I, way um i feel like you you could maybe make like a choice between a couple things, but I, I don't really remember. Did you ever hear how many hours it would take to complete this game? Oh, I don't know. You know, like you'll hear in like RPG type games, like a game like what, so many if, hours. Are you talking about like if you did a speed run or if no, you were no, just no, no, like no, a just normal play? A normal play, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, like some games you can beat a game and not do everything in the game, but I don't think that's how most people want to play it at first. Okay, but it it had to be a big, pretty big game because, or it sounds like too you were just distracted with like the mundane everyday stuff. <laughs> like oh man, spend days doing that, those kinds of things. Oh yeah, I mean I I've got hours and hours and hours into it. Yeah. But uh, what yeah, about you're, the uh, you're talking about like the uh, dialogue and everything in another game? <laughs> what was it? What was the sailors? Yeah, I'm looking for sailors. I'm looking for sailors. <laughs> Do you know any sailors? <laughs> 
<laughs> Why are you looking for sailors, Rio? <laughs> just out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he would just like walk up to like random people. I'm looking for sailors. You didn't yeah. you didn't choose that bit of dialogue? It just he no, would yeah, say he it. would say that. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's that's infamous dialogue right there. Uh so with with the uh let me ask you about the remaster that came out. How far are you into that? Because I see you like will post stuff on the Twitter occasionally. Yeah, I, uh, I, you know, I don't really know how to give it like a time frame of okay. how far I am. I didn't know if it had like a percentage. Like now, more modern games. There, do. there, there's a bit in the game where like. Are you further along than you were? In no, the, I'm not that okay, far okay, yet. No, okay. no. Like I, I just like found some sailors in the bar. <laughs> like I got past that point. <laughs> <laughs> You found him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and like I'm supposed what to. What does he find do with them when he finds them? <laughs> um, he buys them a drink. Yeah, there, there was one thing where there's some guys playing pool, and like I screwed it up. Like if if they if you shoot the the shot, and, and like you you sink the ball in the hole, they'll tell you something. And, oh, okay. And if you screw up the shot, then you got to go find out the information. So you're some you're other like way. you're kind of hustling and, them and for I, information. I screwed up the shot, you know, so they wouldn't talk to me. <laughs> That's kind of cool though. Yeah. That's neat. Now, have you cheated ever at any point and watched like the uh, like a YouTube video of the ending or? Um, you have any idea how it ends? I had, uh, well, I mean, it it, it kind of I think it kind of ends on like a cliffhanger because it goes into Shinmu too. So it's a direct continuation, but like cliffhanger. There, Holy I, crap! I haven't really watched like the whole thing because I know there's like you know a movie basically that it shows like the yeah. e- like the key events. Like that people happen. do Dragon's Lair, they'll just take out all the game and you can just watch. Yeah, it. Yeah, and you can just like watch through like all the key events and. Um, I, don't, I didn't actually watch all that though. I th- I kind of I started watching it, but I didn't watch the whole thing. Maybe it's a little dry if you're not playing it in a game. I'm just sitting and yeah. watching. Were you really invested in the story? Uh, yeah, I mean, sorta. Kind of, sorta. Yeah. What have you heard about the? Uh, you're you're like my Shinmu guy. I feel like <laughs> I got an interview on Shinmu now, because you know this is one of those like classic Nick Ron like Ron doesn't get it, and I'll never get it. You're absolutely right. I'll just never get it. As, as much as I'd like to be in on the conversation, uh, Shimu, you know, I just know I'll never get into it. So I, I, I'd like to like you know at least know like what what's so appealing about it. So the third one, the kickstarted game. Have you heard anything recently about that? Because uh, you kickstarted that, right? Yeah, I did. Uh, I haven't really heard anything recently. I mean, you know, it's obviously still coming. Did we hear anything at E3? I don't think we did. Uh, I don't think no. I feel like that was one of those things we predicted we no. probably would hear, but there wasn't any news. Yeah. That, but to yeah, so Shinmu is so popular and beloved that that dude, like when he kickstarted it, got everything he needed in like a day or something. Oh yeah, yeah, one day. I mean, it was like <sighs> paid record breaking. I think. Mm-hmm. So that that goes to show right there, and I'm pretty sure that was Shinmu remastered. There's like collections pretty. There's, well there's fighting perceived. portions in it that I mean it's just like Virtua Fighter. Oh yeah. Yeah, like when you start getting into a fight with somebody, it'll kind of like the camera swings over, <laughs> like it's a Virtua Fighter kind of a thing. And you just like punch, I mean, punch, punch. It, it doesn't kinda. have like you know life bars pop up like round one <laughs> fight breaking that third wall big <laughs> no, time. I mean it doesn't do that. Okay, but, okay. But uh, but yeah, I mean he's got moves Scott like Pilgrim. like Akira like from Virtua Fighter that he you know does different things. Does he have a motorcycle or anything that he rides around on? 
Um, I feel like I've seen. He's got a forklift. <laughs> I'm in a forklift. <laughs> it's just it's stylish to get around uh, he, on. Um, not really in the game. No, wait. You say there. Do you work as an, a forklift operator in yeah, the game? Yeah, yeah. Later on, that's one of the things you do in the game. Yeah, that's that's kind of near the end of the game. That like I've gotten to like when I first played it, but I haven't gotten to that point yet. Like on the re-release. But uh, yeah, you've got to like earn money, and and it's also kind of a way because you got to yeah end up going to China, and so you're earning money to get a, a ticket for the boat to China, basically. And where does the game start out? Japan. Japan. Okay. Duh. Gotcha. And it's cool to see it get like new life on like something like PlayStation Four. When you play it now. The the controls are like so dated that it's kind of a chore. But how does he move around? I Is mean, it like on a grid? It, it's kind of like those tank controls, like you were talking about with like okay. you know Resident Evil. I mean, that's just how games were back then. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's different now. And um, so you know, before it was like you know you didn't really even think anything of it because you didn't know any different. You were so amazed you were even in a world immersive world to but, begin with. Right? I mean, you, you sit there like when you first start the game, like just spend the first like fifteen minutes just looking in his room, like opening all the drawers and everything. Oh know? yeah, like oh okay, there's socks. you can interact with all that stuff. Yeah, you open like every single drawer and you'll find like oh hey, batteries and hell here's I got a, batteries apparently. Here's yeah. a cassette, you know. <laughs> Cool. Open the cabinets and everything. So I guess people just give you. Um, then you can walk out into the like the little living room and open the cabinet and oh here's a Sega Saturn. You put that up on the TV. What? Yeah, you make it. <laughs> There's a little Saturn in it. You can't play on it. Yeah. Like you, you, you can't play a game. But not like Animal Crossing. Yeah, he'll like he'll <laughs> pull it like out of the cabinet and like set it up on top of the TV. And, oh, this hidden there. <laughs> no, no, there's my Saturn. Cool. Yeah, neat. No, thanks for sharing, you know, more about, like, information on Shin Mimi. Like, I, I just, it's just one of those things that just eludes me. It's a very popular thing that has just eluded me. And I don't know if it's just, I just am not hugely into, the, like, Japanese culture like a lot of video gamers are. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a lot of it, too. It's just, it's really cool, just kind of. I, like, I just prefer, like, the Western, you know, yeah. you know, gaming environments, I guess. Maybe that. I mean, I, I can appreciate. There, there are certain things about Japanese culture I think is very cool. But, uh, you know, like mech suits is really cool. And like ninja stuff is really cool. Yeah, there's no mech suits. I know. <laughs> <laughs> there's a mech suit? <laughs> like Voltron or whatever. That'd be amazing. Um, you know, like obviously robots and stuff, like they do really cool stuff in Japan. But, you know, as far as this, the drama, like the dramedy, not dramedy, uh, melodramatic type dialogue like these final fantasy games just i just they don't do anything for me i'm sorry (laughs) that's okay though i I bought a sega dreamcast so i did my part i bootlegged a lot of games (laughs) i'm not gonna lie i don't think i was hurting anybody in particular except sega okay um on to my last game right yep we talked about it already a little bit and uh it's my like kind of odd game but but it has its fans like i see it pop up at that at the expo and things so like i know it has its fans mm-hmm. and i was typing of the dead oh yeah yeah it's i mean we've already kind of established it's a very good game so during this time there was a series of really popular light gun games called house of the dead and 
beyond that, House of the Dead, there were a series of other really popular like gang games like Time Crisis and Virtual Cop, and it was just like a real popular genre at the time. Yeah, uh, Area Fifty One, you know, whatever they were everywhere. So, I always thought I always considered myself to be like a better than average typist. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I can do like lots of words a minute, and so like. I was always the fastest typer of all my friends. So like, here comes this game that's just speaking to me. I it's got admit, monsters and zombies. The first time like I, I heard Typing of the Dead, like the game, I thought it was like a joke. Like, oh yeah, are you serious? No, exactly. Because <laughs> it's a well known it's a well known IP, and it's just like it just sounds like a parody. Yeah, I mean it is a parody. I mean, yeah, it is. It, <laughs> I mean it is obviously a parody of House of the Dead, but um. You know, it, it, it seems like something that you would expect to see in an April magazine, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> but it came out with the keyboard. And, um, you know, you would get the keyboard. We're, we're not 100% sure why we bought a keyboard, but we did. And it, about it had something to do with you being able to connect to a browser. Maybe it has something to do with it. I don't know. It doesn't matter, but it, it worked with Typing of the Dead. It was perfectly, like, you had to have it, obviously, because, like like, you know, you're typing. But You know, real quick, back to that browser thing. I don't, there wasn't even a mouse, was there? I don't think so. You just, whatever, you said use the tab whatever key the use of the mouse, you well, you could use, like, the analog on oh, with the right. controller. Right, 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 right. And then type on the keyboard. Yeah. And everything is super blurry and not even enjoyable. Like, we both had computers. Like, there's no reason for us to really... It was and, just a novelty is all. And since we didn't have the broadband adapter, we had the, the you know, what it came with, the dial-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it would be like... It would Ugh. load in, like, those chunks. Oh, yeah. You know, like, oh, you can see that bit. Yeah. Oh, there's a little yeah, more. Yeah. Oh. It, yeah, you would scroll, and then, like, half the page you can read, and then, like, you got to wait for the bottom half to, like, feel, fill in. Anyway, back to Typing of the Dead. That's how it used to be. Uh, but, you know, Typing of the Dead, it was just, you know, like, the zombies would come at you, and they would start out with these really simple words, like, the, as, of, yeah. he. <laughs> and, you know, they would you would type it out, and they would die. But then they would get, like, really, like, they would be become, like, sentences. Mm-hmm. You know, so, like, they'd be coming at you kind of fast, and it's like, he went to the grocery store and you're like, and if you missed like a letter, I think it like, you know, they would make, they either, it either took damage off of you or maybe they, well, what it was was they just kept coming at you. So yeah, if you made a mistake. And they'd slash at you. Yeah, they'd slash at you. You know how those games work. And (laughs) can you imagine like this kind of game being at like an arcade? Like people standing with keyboards. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. I would love that so much. But it really was. It was an arcade game. Somebody had the ideas. Like let's just, as a joke, maybe. I remember one time at like it was it was at some con like the Louisville Arcade Expo or something. Yeah. That they they had like typing in the dead like costumes like somebody cosplayed. I wish they would have contests and, with it. And they they had like you know the, like a the keyboard that would had like a shoulder thing so it was like strapped to them and they go. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, that's a deep cut too, man. You'd have to really be like on it to know what that world he was supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it kind of looked like Gilbert for Revenge of the Nerds. You know, like he's got it like strapped to him, like you said. Well, it was like kind of a, you know, like a two-person kind of thing because like whoever the person was with was like a zombie. Yeah, so. pretty cool. Um, but yeah, some somebody just was like, wouldn't it be funny to do this? It was like a technical demo that somebody just that couldn't that. There's no way somebody pitched that, and from beginning to end, there was going to be a retail game. Right. It, it's just like it just it had to have happened by accident, and then just everybody loved it. 
and you know, I don't know how where it ranks in everybody's like top tens. Like I don't think it ever gets as high as ten, but it's in my top five. For sure. I love that game. I played it a ton. Yeah, and you get the benefit of like being a better typist. Yeah, in the end of it. Right. And exactly right. That that's never gonna go that's never gonna not be a, a useful so it's like a tool. Ed, it's like educational Can software. You imagine that being in like like high schools. <laughs> <laughs> people get to play a video game to learn how to type yeah well i it, i remember having the typing class in like my freshman year in high school and uh i would have competitions with like my buddies around me. you know we would see who could get the most you know who could get the fastest or the most words yeah and it was it was like a game then but now you're like really literally playing a game you're playing this zombie game the shooting rail zombie game but with with your keyboard so yeah I love that game, and that's that's my uh, final pick. Uh, shout outs, Nick. Uh, do I lead? Go ahead and lead. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out with um, Street Fighter Three. Uh, both both the because uh, like all the Street Fighter Three games came out on Dreamcast, and, and if I remember correctly, like at the time, that's all they were. You know, it wasn't on like any other console at the time. Is that right? Uh, obviously, they've come out like on everything in the world after that. But yeah, because there was like the double impact that had like Street Fighter Three and Street Fighter Three Second Impact, Third Strike, and, and then Third Strike yeah. came out like on its own later on. Right. So uh, yeah, so definitely uh, shout out for Street Fighter Three series. Not the most popular game in the series, but uh, a good game nevertheless. I mean, it was. I like I like that game. Street Fighter Three is what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, Third Strike definitely, definitely the best of. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Third Strike, there's no doubt, was the best, yeah. but. Uh, but I just mean like in the series of Street Fighter, I feel like three is kind of like the one that most people don't. Yeah, it, I mean, other than the one, yeah. I I don't know if it's because they took so long to get there because it was like such a big deal at the time. Like, oh my God, Cap- Capcom finally countered the three because there was like you know five <laughs> or six like Street yeah. Fighter twos at yes. the time. Yes, Champions Edition, Turbo Edition, Super Turbo Edition. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> all those games. Um. What other games up here have you that you brought with you that are worth shouting out? Oh, oh I get more shout outs. Oh yeah, go ahead. Oh, I mean, you you actually brought some games. Yeah, uh, uh, you know the, the Marvel versus Capcom series and Capcom versus SNK. You got your booby physics game right here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah dead or alive. Is this is this one of the games that had the code that like gave you more bounce? Um, <laughs> uh, I think so. I don't know. Yeah. These were always sort of like... I remember in the first game on PlayStation, it uh, I think it was PlayStation, it was actually in the options, it, it, and it, it literally said boob bounce. You could turn it on or off, toggle oh on God. off, boob bounce. It's where we used to be, guys. That's, where, that's what we used to sell the game. Uh, <laughs> it, but And it was just like so ridiculous ridiculous then too yeah they weren't there there was no boobs in the world that bounced like those they were just crazy mess just (laughs) (laughs) they would like never stop sloppy (laughs) (laughs) bobble boobs i mean it's like a waterbed that would just like what was it about these guys because they they came out with that uh beach the, the volleyball game or whatever yeah. It was just like a va- a thinly veiled excuse to have like. I actually never have played the volleyball game. I I did. I remember playing it because it was a. I think it was came out on Xbox first or something, and there yeah. weren't a lot of games except for Halo that I would play on Xbox. So I remember that yeah. game. 
Uh, oh, the that King of Fighters game. King that, of Fighters. That, that was very cool because the uh, they they gave. 3d backgrounds like it was the same backgrounds that were in like the 2d neo geo game but they like redid them in polygons and made them look like really cool in 3d so the character sprites were the same but the, the, the sprites were still 2d right but but the sprite but this the is connecting up polygons. to a neo geo pocket it looks like oh yeah it had some kind of feature that it would do that but i don't remember exactly what it did huh pretty cool yeah, it's just you know they Sega they they have some neat little peripherals that you can. But uh, and Capcom versus SNK, I love that. Um, oh, you, you know, you were asking if there was a version of a game that was better on Dreamcast. Uh, yeah. Street Fighter mentioned... Alpha Three also. Um, it, I feel like it had like a lot more different modes in it that just did a lot of things that the other versions didn't do. What kind of modes? Um, other than arcade and I don't even remember. I just remember like the uh, the title screen had like like twenty different options. It seems like that uh, you just could do all kinds of stuff in it. I don't even yeah, remember. like there was a world tour mode, and I, I don't even remember everything. It's cool, just a lot of stuff. Cool. How how did you feel like the games played like fighting games on the controller? Because we haven't really talked about the controller at all. Um, other than the VMU. I mean, it was fine. Uh, I did have like that arcade stick, and that that was nice. So you had an arcade stick uh, for your fighting games, okay? Yeah, yeah. But I I didn't have a problem with like the D pad per se, really. I, mean, I thought it was good. Yeah. I always thought the I liked the feel of the buttons. Now, that they were really nice. I, I guess probably the triggers weren't the best if you know for a six button fighting game you had like the four buttons on the front and if you were actually wanting to use all six that the trigger is not the best for a fighting game but sure i mean it's, i mean anything that's not three and three yeah is just not going to be ideal well uh, not even so much that though it's just that they just they're, they're like analog triggers, yeah they squish so, down yeah, yeah. it's not like like a like on the super nintendo controller the l and r you know it's just not it's not like that yeah Oh yeah. Um, so let me see here. A couple of shout outs that I'll mention. Uh, so I, I used to really dig uh, shooting games uh, in the Turbo Graphics era and even in the Sega Genesis era. Uh, bullet hell games or shmups, if you're right. you know more current contemporary name for it. Capcom had a couple of really good ones. Uh, one was called Giga Wing. Oh yeah. Then uh, there was a sequel that was good, really good, Giga Wing Two. Um, that's so good. And uh, uh, Mars Matrix was another one that was really cool. Kind of, I, I vaguely remember that name. I don't really remember the game though. You know that Sky uh, Sky Cruiser game or whatever the guys that are local. It's like yeah, Sky Cruiser. Yeah, yeah. It, it kind of reminds me of that in a way where like you had like a couple of different attacks. You know, like they have like the shotgun attack where you get right up on somebody yeah. and like you get the close range. It had something like that. It, you know, it was really fun. I really dug it. Uh, virtual tennis, which may seem kind of like yeah. a weird choice, but yeah. it during this period, and and I'm talking like, you know, in '64 had like Mario tennis, and I, I a lot of my interests for these sports games that weren't football or basketball or baseball were from like Mario games, like the yeah. the you know the golf and the tennis and oh man, so many. Good old days of yeah, Mario just golf. it it really kind of like made me interested in in the sport, and the virtual tennis game was so good. Like the graphics, I was watching a video just the other day on virtual tennis, and it still looked really good. 
Like it held up like insanely well. And I remember like playing those even like on my iPhone and stuff like later, like ports of it, I guess. That's cool. Um, so it, it had a real high replayability and, you know, it was real challenging and fun. And I don't think it had like, I can't remember if it had real players or not. Not that I would have known too many of them, but you know, it looked great. It was very realistic. It was like a, it was like so different from the cartoony Mario style, mm. but tennis is tennis, right? right so, right. you know, it was, it was there. All the reflexes and stuff were the same. Um, Power Stone, I guess, deserves kind, oh, a, kind of a shout out. Very, very Dreamcasty um, series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Capcom once again, um, real bright and colorful, up to four players, mm-hmm. and you go all over the map. Yeah. So yeah. that was so unique. Good party game. Good party game. Kind of a kind of like uh, I guess you could maybe compare it to Smash uh, Brothers a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Real similar to Smash Brothers. Yeah. But, you know, with that Capcom flair, you know, the fighting game flair, the touches, the nice little touches they give. Um, running away from, like, the backgrounds a lot. I mean, some of the Smash Brothers, you know, boards kind of do that yep. kind of a oh, thing. Yeah. But yep, absolutely. That was, like, always good. In fact, that's so probably chaotic. why I'm connecting them so much. Because yeah. Smash Brothers, other than that, is, like, very, like, on the same plane. Yeah. But you're interacting with the backgrounds so much. And... You know, Power Stone, you know, you were on, like, more of a 3D plane. It, yeah, it's kind of an isometric kind of mm-hmm. perspective. Yep. And, and it was just like, you're constantly on the move. Oh, yeah. You're, like, trying to punch and kick the people while you're running, but you're no, constantly yeah. it, on the it move. It was nothing like their other huge fighting games like Street Fighter, where it was very technical. Like, it was real It was real phonetic and, and arcade-like. Well, I mean, Street Fighter is arcade, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Very Smash Brothers-like in that respect. You You could probably get very, very good at it. And, and take somebody, cut somebody down real easy who's no good at it. But uh, I, don't, I don't really know anybody that got that great at it. So everybody was just sort of on the same playing level. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you just smash buttons and, hey, look what cool things are happening here. Yeah. Um, that's, that's all the shout outs I got. Yeah. Well, that's, that was the swan song for, this, for Sega. The Sega Dreamcast. It's about to turn 20 years old. Yeah. I, I, need a, I need a Dreamcast classic. I don't think Sega will do that. <laughs> no. They can't even get the Genesis right, which well, should be a home run for them. Well, I guess to be fair, though, I mean, it's not really Sega that put out that little Genesis thing. I mean, that's like another company, right? Uh, yeah, it's not. I, mean, it's, I don't think so, but it's they announced like, it, didn't they? Didn't Sega announce like a mini at, at like pre E3. Oh, you know, I do kind of remember rumors of that. I, I was thinking that you were talking about the thing that was all has already been released. That's like you know, like little little Genesis thing with like however many games in it. I would. I was definitely you know, that not they've been counting selling for years and years at like Walmart and Target and whatever. But would it be much different? No, but it wouldn't. It wouldn't be much different at all. If it uh, they was may, like maybe of, maybe they would put a more loving interface to it or yeah i mean i I don't if it was like more official i'd probably get one i'd love to get like a little like original like not the genesis that i have now but like that first model the things that i've seen like thus far though i just kind of see it at target or whatever and i'm like eh. i had high hopes for that hd one the one that like you know does h h uh like 720 or one of them actually kind of looked like the console Sort one of, of them plays and, the cartridges. And, and, yeah, and played yeah. the cartridges, but I read a review that 
uh, it was a pretty poor review. Yeah, you t- I was something kinda, you told me turned me off. Yeah, I was kind of interested in that one until like I read that review. I was like, oh, I guess it's not worth it. It must not be great because I feel like you can get them pretty cheap nowadays. And, yeah. and you know they're probably getting clearanced out. But yeah, Sega, where where's the the, the Genesis Mini? You know, it, you, Nintendo can't be the only. Is Nintendo just going to be the only people to be able to do the mini consoles right? Yeah, like they're the only company that seems to be getting the the handhelds right. I mean, I, I know your opinion of the PlayStation One, but I, I canceled my pre order. Yeah, I, I finally canceled it. I think that comes out like any day now, doesn't it? It comes out next week. Like I got, um, I got like an email from Best Buy because I pre ordered it from Best Buy, and for like days and days, like I was toying with like. Do I want to keep this or not? I mean, the only reason I want it now is to to hope that it gets hacked and put my own stuff on it. I got to admit, I I really, really hope it does. Yeah. It, it's kind of a shame to say that, but... Yeah. Well, if they don't give a damn, but let us do what we want to do I, with I it. I want to be able to put the games that I like. I want to customize it to, like, my needs. The, le- the sheer amount of, like, not like given a crap that they put into this system the like the pal yeah, like, the pal game thing it was it oh yeah i remember reading that, that. nine of the 20 games or the yeah, pal like versions not man. even the american version yeah of the game. and that would that's fine if you're in a pal region but if you're like us you i mean for the most part i mean the game is the same but slower it, it, well, yeah, the frames per second are yeah. slower. Yeah, slower. It's it's noticeably slower, and it's stupid because why couldn't they just put the right ROMs on it? I mean, it just seems like they don't. Yeah, I, don't I don't think Sony did. Sony just not do this system, and they outsourced it to just like the cheapest person who would I don't know. do it for I mean, them. Like it, the first blow was like the release list of the games. And yeah. It's like, what? There's no. Oh, with no like, Castlevania, it was just like. No Symphony of the Night. No my, Crash. Yeah. <laughs> my, my jaw just dropped. Like, that was unforgivable because I want to play Symphony of the Night. No. Uh, I don't really care to play Crash. No again. Parappa the Rapper. Yeah. None of that stuff. So weird. Bizarre. But yeah, I went ahead and. Because um, I was getting an email saying, you're, you're, it's, it's about to ship. And I was like, Nope. <laughs> I just went no. cancel order. You can I, keep it. <laughs> I'm not. There's a chance I might get this thing at a discounted price. <laughs> I just yeah. don't see these flying off shelves. Do you? No, no I don't. Didn't know. it just seem like it might be another one of those like Genesis things that you just see at Target, not even behind a case anymore, just sitting out? <laughs> I don't know. It, or or it, are there so many hardcore Sony fans they'll buy it no matter what? It, it definitely doesn't seem like the. NES classic kind of, you know, that interface, that cheap cheapo interface. Yeah, I mean, like the NES and the Super NES classic, the interface. I mean, it just seems like it's like built with love, and mm-hmm. you know, it's got like the little fun music. It's charming. And stuff. It's charming. Yeah, and, and cute little music, like, like little little things. Like uh, that's what I was disappointed with the Neo Geo Mini with its interface too. When I was just like, you know, you push over and it's like, bump, bump. <laughs> yeah, like that's it. Oh yeah. It doesn't even like animate across. It just like it's a it's a static screen that just kinda like <laughs> fills in with like whatever the you know video Yeah, it's not animated, screen. it just pops over. It just pops in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because there's like a, a half of a screen here and a half of a screen here yeah. and like a screen in the middle. Right, right. And it's just forever stagnant, but it just like changes <laughs> games. Right. I know what you mean. 
you know it's coming next, but it doesn't animate. Yeah. It just kind of becomes that game. <laughs> and and for what it's worth, I, I um I had fun playing yours when when you brought it over one time. Yeah, I mean I do like it. it it's but. it's I'm not crazy about like the it's cabinet. it's got a good list of games, unlike the PlayStation. It's pathetic, man. I don't, and I'm starting to really believe now that there's not even going to be an N64 classic. I I feel like the longer we waited, and now we're past the Christmas. Yeah season or whatever like i feel like maybe it's not happening and then all these leaks and stuff were just clickbaity articles and you know it, it seemed to me that well people read into things you know like people will read into news like if nintendo patents like repatents something of theirs like they did the same thing with the game boy after the snes classic came out yeah they i remember that next thing they patented it was a classic game boy and all the news articles were like, oh, Game Boy Classic, it's the next one. And uh, I fell into that too. Yeah, I, I'm forever, like, I'll believe it when I see it. I know you are. <laughs> I'm always, like, hopeful that, and, you know, like, now I'm just going to become a curmudgeon. Like, <laughs> screw it. Nobody gives a crap. <laughs> Only Nintendo seems to realize that, you know, it's that love of, of those characters and games is what's keeping them, you know, relevant. To this day, um, and they're taking care of that. They're 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 satisfying that particular need at least. Yeah. So you know, good on them for that. All right, well that's the end of our show. Um, we are. Um, I don't know. I'm have to go through the one thing. <laughs> so yeah, we have a YouTube channel. Um, you could find us at YouTube.com/slash/bitgeek, uh, where we have all of our podcasts with. Where you can actually see me and Nick. Uh, but if you don't want to sit at your computer or sit on the toilet watching YouTube on your on, while you're going to the bathroom, whatever it is you do when you watch YouTube videos, you can check us out. <laughs> TMI. <laughs> you don't you don't look at your phone when you go to the bathroom. I do. All right. TMI. Anyways, <laughs> you can also just check us out on your audio feeds like iTunes. Uh, you can check us out with uh, Spotify, <laughs> Google's. You know where to find us. Uh, we have a Facebook page. You can look find us on Facebook.com slash The Big Geeks, where Nick's going to post a picture <laughs> of, of the Choo Choo yeah, Rocket. The fuzzy Choo Choo Rocket back of the box. Poor image quality of Choo Choo Rocket. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Big Geek Podcast. Uh, you can find me at Ron Avis. And I'm at Nicholas J. Wright. And we've been the Big Geek Podcast. Thanks for joining us for our tribute to the Dreamcast. We'll see you next time. See ya. Just like the crappy battery in my VMU. I miss the games with girls dancing up and out of space. I'm talking to a fish that somehow got a human face. It's like Sonic Adventure and Power Stone. Crazy Taxi Shenmue and Soul Calibur. Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six to Jackard Radio. Whoa, where the hell's my Castlevania? Ain't nothing but a Dreamcast, baby. Sega Hilda coming that makes me. After four years and nobody plays me. Hey, shut up, Dreamcast. Why don't you make me?